That was The Shelters with Bird Watching. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and standing by to join us is my next guest, who wrote this really compelling book. His name is Daniel Connolly, The Book of Isaiah. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. My uh, pleasure. Thanks for having me on. This is a really fascinating book. What led you to decide to, you know, focus on this for so many, so many years, actually, right? Yes. Uh, well, I worked on the Book of Isaiah for about five years, and uh, I have been covering immigration in the South for uh, a long time. Uh, it was actually a conversation with uh, Mauricio Calvo, the head of a social services group called Latino Memphis. Um, we went to lunch in November 2010, and he said in that lunch that he was concerned about immigrants' kids. And it was really that conversation that um, got me into reporting on uh, children of immigrants. I've been writing about Mexican immigration to the South for a long time, but uh, most of my conversations have been with adults, and it was that conversation uh, with Mauricio Calvo in November 2010 that really got me focused on risk kids. And obviously so relevant with what's going on right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I think a lot of the discussion about immigration in our country focuses on adults, um, but many of the unauthorized immigrants who are living in the U.S. Uh, have been living here for many years, and many of them have uh, houses, cars, small businesses, and many of them have children. Um, I, I always try to remind people that any child born in the U.S. is a citizen, regardless of the parent's immigration status. So what that means is that many of the immigration enforcement actions would affect U.S. citizen children as well. Right. So tell me what it was like to follow the life of Isaiah for so long. I, I think the biggest thing that surprised me was just how emotionally invested I got in it. I was, uh, I worked as a full-time newspaper reporter, and I took time off for this project. And I was embedded in a high school in Memphis and basically went along with uh, Isaiah Ramos, who was a high school senior at the time, and his peers through their year senior year of, of high school, and, you know, I was with them when they went on college trips. I interviewed them at their homes, uh, talked to their parents, uh, went with them out on, on in Isaiah's case, on painting jobs as well. So I got very emotionally invested in, in them and in the story, and uh, that, that was something I, I didn't necessarily expect at the beginning. Um, I saw their, their great potential, too. That's that's another thing that came through very clearly. And, you know, they're trying to build a life that's the antithesis of what their parents have experienced. Yes. So, I, for example, Isaiah's parents came from rural Mexico, and they didn't have good chances to go to school. They uh, had to end their educations pretty early because of uh, lack of money. Um Isaiah's father only went to sixth grade, mm -hmm. uh, and after sixth grade, that was it. So, in that sense, his experience in Mexico was vastly different from that of his son, uh, sons, I should say. Yes. And the the kids just had uh, they were on the cusp of uh, being able to go to college. Uh, in Isaiah's case, he questioned whether it was the right thing to do, whether. Uh, he would in invest in higher education or uh, go to work in the family painting business. So as I was following um, Isaiah and his peers, 
there was I, I saw in Isaiah's great potential, um, but uncertainty about what he was going to do with it. I mean, to to put this in perspective for you, uh, the counselors at school thought he was so bright that he should apply to Harvard and other elite schools. Right. I mean, that's incredible. You talk about how he aced a national calculus exam. He's studying the viola for fun. Yes. Yeah, he was a uh, type of student who would, uh, you know, he'd just, for enjoyment, he'd, uh, you know, pick up a book like uh, Daniel Kahneman's book called Thinking Fast and Slow, and he'd read that uh, for enjoyment with his with his girlfriend, who was also extremely bright. Wow, and for fun. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, what, what I did in, in the book of Isaiah is um, I, I used that story to make a broader point, which is that there's a, a, a huge generation of children of immigrants growing up in America today, that uh, they have tremendous potential. Um, much of that potential is at risk, and we as a society should help uh, these kids develop their potential for everyone's benefit. Well, it's so gut-wrenching if you put yourself in their shoes, how they're, they're torn. You talk about how he was thinking he would go back and, what was it, the painting business? I mean, right. he has potential, but he also feels like maybe I should do what my parents are doing. Right, and one of the interesting elements of this, that, it, and it took me a while to understand this, was the um, the family obligation. Many children of immigrants face very serious um, adult responsibilities at a young age. In Isaiah's case, his parents were talking about returning to Mexico, mm-hmm. which would mean that Isaiah and his older brother, Dennis, would be responsible for caring for their younger brother, Dustin, who was still in middle school, who, who actually still, as of today, is in middle school. Wow. And so, yeah. um, for you know, for a young person uh, thinking about his future, it, it's a big deal to... Um, contemplate that level of adult responsibility so early. Yes, of course. Of course. I mean, I, ha- I have trouble handling my middle schooler. Well, she's not a middle schooler <laughs> anymore. But, but yes, that's a tremendous amount of responsibility. So, let's, go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I was just going to say that uh, other kids, for example, um, had obligations to work and earn money for their families at a very young age. This wasn't universal. It wasn't true for all the students that I wrote about. But um, and, and then, of course, there were also in this high school where I was an embedded reporter, there were uh, teen parents, teen moms, who, uh, you know, at, at age 16 or so, suddenly bore full responsibility for caring for an infant. Right. You know, uh, you talk about how politicians largely ignore the children of immigrants. It's you know, it's terrible. It is, uh, in, in the sense that, um, so right now, for example, we're talking about an immigration crackdown. Um, you know, just as in the military, there's no such thing as a surgical strike. There's al- always collateral damage. Similarly, if you do an immigration crackdown against, you know, people who violated immigration law for, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. that is going to affect a lot of people uh, who haven't. Uh, especially kids, and right. uh, that's that's something that you know. I, I in my public speaking about this, I'm trying to highlight. Yes, well, they're the victims in all of this, you know, when you really think about it. Uh, that's that's true too, and and you know, I also like to point out that the children of immigrants, you know, when they go to school, when they finish uh, high school, go on to college, or you know, some type of 
professional training, they earn so much more than they would if they had left school much earlier. The lifetime earnings for someone uh, who's finished college uh, are well over $2 million compared to, you know, in the ballpark of uh, $900,000 for someone who hasn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the result of that is um, higher, higher incomes lead to um, higher tax income for local governments. It leads to more funding for Social Security and Medicare and, and generally leads to a much stronger and healthier society. And so, you know, it, it, it's not only the right thing to do to support the children of immigrants, but um, it's the smart thing to do for the society. Yes. I mean, you can look at any arena, whether it's the Oscars last night or, you know, any any avenue, career possibility. And we're all immigrants. I mean, you know, I tell this to my kids. My great-grandfather came from Russia and we had some relatives from Spain. And, uh, you know, it's not, not any different. Yeah, I, I mean, throughout U.S. history, that's, that's been the case. I, I think one of the one of the big issues today, of course, is um, the immigration status. Uh, a lot of people, especially in in my region, the South, a lot of the immigrants um, have uh, unauthorized immigration status, meaning they crossed into the U.S. illegally right. or um, overstayed visas. And the as, as I explained in the book, the the reason things are the way they are is that our federal government largely allowed a system of uh, illegal immigration to flourish um, because that's uh, that's what certain businesses wanted, a low-cost labor force, and there are some serious consequences to that. Um, and so, you know, when I talk about this, I, I try not to defend the system um, itself because I, I do believe it causes problems. What I do say is that in, in the process of, you know, addressing those issues, uh, our government should take care to um, to limit the impact of that on, on the children of immigrants. Uh, one, one of the things, too, that surprises a lot of people is that if we're looking at young uh, Latinos in the U.S., uh, 94% of them are U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. Oh. We only have a few more minutes. I don't want to really, I don't want to do a spoiler alert because um, I want people to read the book. Again, we're talking with Daniel Connolly, The Book of Isaiah. Uh, a child of Hispanic immigrants seeks his own America. How how have you been changed as a result of, you know, following Isaiah all those years? Well, you know, I, I'm not uh, Hispanic myself. A lot of people wonder if I am. Um, and I, I think spending so much time with him um, has, has really made me understand what the world looks like uh, to the millions of people young Hispanic kids growing up in America today. Um, and I, I've kind of gotten a sense of, of what they need uh, to succeed. And it seems like at, at the school, uh, they, as any child needs, they need motivation, they need guidance. Right. Um, many times parents at home can't provide the type of guidance that they need to get to college. They also need financial support, and that's one of the reasons why I always uh, encourage people to donate to groups like uh, the Hispanic Scholarship Fund, which are uh, helping uh, young Hispanic kids get to get to college, um, and yeah, I, I guess one more thing too uh, before I forget, um, 
I always like to spell the, the name of Isaiah for everyone. Yes. It's like the spelling of the prophet, but with an S at the end. So okay. it's I-S-A-I-A-S, and, and the book is called The Book of Isaiah. Okay, and we, we do have to wrap up, but where can people find out more about you and this book? Uh, the, the best way is on my website. It's danielconnelly.net, and uh, my last name, Connolly is spelled C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y, so it's two N's, two O's, two L's, danielconnelly.net. Perfect. Daniel, thank you so much for calling into the show, and congrats. It's a wonderful book. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Again, Daniel Connolly, and if you missed any part of this segment about his book, it is up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kfci.org, and within a few hours I'll have the uh, podcast up there as well. So we'll take a little break. And then I have two other guests. I have uh, author Kenneth Miller joining us and uh, Cheryl O'Laughlin, author of Killing It. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.